So, greetings, friends, and a very warm welcome to this first Full Moon Meditation meeting for the year 2024 for the Sun and the Sign of Aquarius. It's a Lucis Trust meeting, and it's very lovely to have you all here. Um, those of us sitting here in this room in New York, looking over the UN, and all of us in who are gathered together on this Zoom call. The Full Moon work leads us to observe the world in a purposeful way. This is really what observation is about from an esoteric sense. And this month, that means that we can be pondering the higher potentials and the gifts that Aquarian energies bring to the psyche and culture. And in particular, to the psyche and culture of those who are treading a spiritual path or in some way working with a moral imagination at this time. The higher energetic signature of Aquarian energies stimulates a deepening approach to service on the spiritual path. It will move intelligent people of goodwill to focus increasingly on meeting human need without at the same time being overcome by all the emotions that surround the intensity of the crisis currently being experienced in human affairs. Aquarian spirituality can be seen to be emerging in communities around the world as more and more people turn away from the easy slogans and the hysteria created by partisan and populist influences on all sides. The absence of goodwill in so many popular local and national conversations is shocking to many and drives them deeper in their quest to understand where they stand themselves and their own responsibilities for expressing goodwill and contributing to thoughtful, creative ways of addressing the causal level of the immense problems of human relations, problems of homelessness, violence, collective trauma and depression, the polluted environment and poverty. Above all, Aquarian energies, these energies flowing in during this particular full moon period, help us to think in terms of the well-being of the whole. And they do this in ways that recognize the whole as a living, breathing entity with purpose, spirit, conscience and character. There is already a significant culture of thought around the world that's fascinated by the relation between the whole and the part, and that sees a synthesis between the two and is creatively endeavoring to apply the synthesis through experiments in addressing the problems of the age. And as the light of Aquarius becomes a stronger influence, we can expect this relationship between the part and the whole to be understood and applied with an increasing clarity and simplicity. And that's the source of hope and vision, and it's also the source of joy that comes with Aquarius. The meditation letting in the light begins with a stage of group fusion. And so we can begin our work tonight by imagining ourselves to be at one with all who are meditating in service of humanity and the world at this time. Think about this, one clear, strong group in consciousness. And as we stand with this group, we can also stretch the boundaries upwards so that it moves beyond the group and embraces the streams of living illumination that flow from great ones on the inner side of life. For full moon work is all about making a group approach to this abundant reservoir of illumination. And as we figuratively stand as this group, this human thinking group, before the great ashram, one of our specific tasks for those of us who share in this full moon group work is to be openness to the livingness of the great avatar at the center of this reservoir of illumination, the Aquarian Christ. He who shows the light 
and gives the water. And so, as a unified group, aligned with the higher presences and energies driving evolution, can we right now figuratively stand with humanity, as humanity is now? And can we imagine hearing the collective breath of humanity as one kingdom in nature, one kingdom breathing, soul and personality, locked into incarnation in a whole that is undergoing a period of intense evolution. As we hear this collective breath, we might notice a disturbance in the human breath right now. Recognizing this disturbance as an essential part of the transition process, necessary for evolution. The only way we can really observe this disturbance without our own feeling of agitation or pain or despair or sensitivity is if at the same time we notice the vast number of points of light and love in the world, of human centers where group vision, strength and purpose are growing and where new ways of thinking are taking shape in the heart of the human kingdom. For only then do we see the way forward. And with this in mind, we can imaginatively see the collective breath of the human moving into a calmer rhythm, free of strain, at ease, And now observing humanity in the light of the ashram, before we sound together the mantra of group fusion, can we just hold a moment of silence to see the Christ, the one who shows the light and gives the water, approaching humanity, moving closer, showing the light, giving the water. And in this light we say together, I am one with my group brothers and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. And may the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. It might be helpful for us to begin our reflections on Aquarius by considering the community of people today who in some way or other are drawn to treading a spiritual path. Treading the path is no easy affair, as most of us know. It brings challenges and evokes crises. Yet it's just this is the way, this is how consciousness deepens and matures. And this is really what time is about. Forces of the personality, energies of the soul and the life of the spirit interact and interpenetrate on the path. And this is how redemption occurs. The Tibetan suggests that the initiatory climax for the vast majority of those who are treading the path during this period, our period, is conditioned by Aquarius, 
which tells us that the goal and the sign of ultimate achievement for aspirants and disciples of all traditions right now is to steadily progress life after life towards becoming liberated world servers. This is the vision and the goal for the entire spiritual community, whether it's recognized or not. And while the path may begin by establishing one's own authority and sovereignty as a fully anchored, integrated, self-conscious individual, which is important, it becomes a truly spiritual path when it engages with the endless challenges involved in losing one's strong sense of self as one focuses increasingly on meeting the deepest needs of the age. And of course, then as one sees groups who are focused on this task, groups who are focused on their own self-forgetfulness and their absorption in meeting the needs of the collective, Spirituality for this era is all about serving those needs of the human family. The Tibetan writes that the bulk of world initiates, and in the data-driven language of today, I surmise this to mean something like 98 or 99 percent of all who tread a genuinely spiritual path, but who knows? The bulk of world initiates will climax their experience in Aquarius by turning their backs upon all further progress for themselves in this cycle and on all satisfaction of their own spiritual aspiration and becoming carriers of the water of life to humanity, joining thus the ranks of hierarchy. That's really something to think about. For it requires will and purpose, along with a deep understanding of freedom, to choose to turn our backs on all further progress for ourselves in this incarnation, including our own spiritual aspiration, so that we can be a part of the community of hierarchy a community that includes men and women in incarnation who are motivated by a deep will to serve and to be useful to evolution, together with great ones on the inner side of life whose whole purpose and identity is wrapped up in the work of carrying the water of life to humanity in its hour of need. As we move further into the Aquarian age, we can expect to see an increasing presence of a vast group of human beings who find their meaning and purpose in their active will to serve selflessly, free of self-regard or self-focus. And as this becomes more noticeable, and as more of us recognize this in others, and the impact of servers in every profession and every field of activity becomes stronger, so can we expect more and more think people to think in terms of a hierarchy of service, stretching from the great teachers on the inner side of life through to the enlightened thinkers in the world of experience and activity, all recognized and known to be part of a continuum of hierarchy of service. This idea of carrying the waters of life to humanity is the central theme, and it's really the energy, it's the signature of Aquarian discipleship, and it's captured in the keynote. Water of life am I poured forth for thirsty men, What do we mean by the waters of life? One way of thinking about this is to visualize the power of water to cleanse, to wash away and break through barriers. In the current era of extreme climate, most of us will be familiar with this power that flooded rivers and ocean storms carry, 
we see it on the news often enough, whether whether wherever we live, even if we haven't experienced it in our own lives. And yet, Aquarius is an air sign. So these waters of life can be thought of as powerful flows of the life of spirit, winds that purify and cleanse all that needs to be washed away in the thought life of individuals and of cultures. Accumulated habits of thought washed away. The legend of the challenge given to Hercules and Aquarius has so much to teach us about this. For decades, the king's stables hadn't been properly looked after, cleaned out or cared for. For 30 years, dung from the animals built up until it reached a crisis point. Air quality was at an all-time low. The stench was everywhere. And to top it all off, a fatal epidemic was spreading throughout the kingdom. At the same time, famine was threatening. Fields had become so rich from the runoff flowing through the stables that crops were failing. And in the midst of all this, the king was immobilized by his fear that he would never be able to deal with the source of the problem and clean out the stables. His continued failure and refusal to attend to his duties had made the task look as if it was impossible. He was desperate to find a solution, yet unwilling to accept his own responsibility and to act and plan steps that he could reasonably take to change his ways and become a proper good steward. And so he looked around to see who could solve the problem for him. It's a crisis that really speaks for us today. Remember, in the myth, Hercules is commanded to clean out the stables and purify the environment. And he's not told how to perform this apparently impossible task. All concrete-minded thought, all sort of rational thought tells him it can't be done. As the hero of the disciple. Hercules is on a path where he's willingly facing tests that challenge him to dig deep in order to develop and exercise muscles of wisdom, understanding, and will that he needs in order to pass through the portals of initiation. And when the sun's in Aquarius, the challenge is to face the dark and to face the dark and to confront the fears. And the mountains of animal dung confronting Hercules suggest that these are very real, substantial forces of darkness and materialism. And they've become so present and so strong and so past the time, past their time, appropriate time, that they've fouled the air and the atmosphere. And this has to be faced. So drawing on the airy nature of Aquarius, the hero changes the way he looks at the problem. He simply changes his perspective and takes a wider view. And instead of just narrowing his vision in on the problem, as it appeared, the pollution in the stables, he looks at the scene from a higher perspective. And immediately he sees the stables are part of a wider environment. And from this simple change of perspective, Hercules could see that the stables were between two rivers. In other words, he saw the map. He saw what we call in the Aegis Wisdom tradition, the constitution of the human being or the map of the plains. He saw that the stables were between two rivers and that the rivers flowed with cleansing waters and all that was needed was to create a channel for those waters to flow through the stables, and the waters would then do the work of cleaning out the stables and saving the kingdom. Flowing waters purify, but they also carry muddy nutrients that eventually, after the destruction and rage of the storm is over, create the fertile environment that's needed for new growth. And so as we imagine the waters of life flowing like a great river during this full moon or as a rushing wind, we can focus our attention less on disruption and the washing away of blockages and repressions in culture and psyche 
and shine the light instead on the magical properties needed to restore the sense of the sacred, restore faith in the future, restore the simple joy of meaningful work that brings beauty and goodwill to life in the world of relationships, of institutions, of governance, and so on. And this is really all about simply changing perspective, lifting the map from which we view reality. As the potency of Aquarian energies increase, the waters of life pour forth with increasing abundance. These waters flood the mind of world servers and of the mass consciousness, bringing with them a purity and a sweetness to thought. The major effect, we're told, is to induce recognition of essential human unity, of processes of sharing and of cooperation, and of the emergence of the new world religion whose keynote will be universality and initiation. If the word, this is the Tibetan speaking, if the word initiation signifies the processes of entering into, then that entering into the age of Aquarius means that humanity is being subjected to those energies and forces which will break down the barriers of separation and will blend and fuse the consciousness of all people into that of unity which is distinctive of Christ consciousness. That's from Reappearance of the Christ, pages 81 to 82. And so, let us say, let the waters of life pour forth, and let us as a group carry those waters so that they can flow out to thirsty men and women in the world. The Christ today is said to be the nourisher of the little ones overshadowing all who are sensitive to his impression, millions. Pouring forth energies of light, love and power to stimulate the growth of the Christ consciousness and lead the consciousness of disciples everywhere from all spiritual traditions to enter into deeper phases of spiritual awareness. It's as nourisher that the Christ is actively working today. And when he finally appears, at the time that he recognizes to be the right time, he will, through his physical presence in the world of time and space, he will then become the dispenser of the water of life. The Tibetan tells us that this coming work of Christ to dispense the water of life is something of a mystery that is not easy for us to comprehend. And we need to really take that in mind, recognizing that we probably don't fully comprehend or understand. During his incarnation as Jesus, Christ stated, I come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And the Aquarian incarnation of Christ is expected to bring this abundant life aspect into a full flowering in three points. First, this abundant life as the central point of living light within each atom of substance, each atom of substance, nourishing the cells of the body and vitalizing the physical life. Secondly, as the livingness of love and light within the heart. And when this livingness is present, we are told that the human atom becomes a part of the spiritual hierarchy. And then finally, thirdly, as an abundance of light and love and power within and above the head of the Christ's disciples. 
This life more abundantly makes it possible for the disciple to cooperate with humanity and hierarchy, and also with Shambhala, which is described in this passage as the center of life in its purest essence. And so we can envisage a future when Christ in incarnation in our world dispenses the water of life in a manner that brings a new livingness to the life on the physical plane, to the spiritual life of all disciples and aspirants, and to the living purpose of God. It's more than anything else, these energies of the life more abundantly set loose in a new and dynamic manner through Christ's incarnation in the Aquarian Age that will bring about restoration and resurrection of the spirit in the world of human experience and that will be what are called the implementing force of universality for a new world. The implementing force of universality This tells us something of the Aquarian vision of future possibilities. And as we ponder discipleship today, discipleship life today, in the light of the Aquarius full moon and anchored in our own understanding of our own attempts to live a discipleship life, we can imagine these mysterious, all-encompassing waters of abundant life and abundant livingness being let loose through the throughout the psyche and the culture of this time. May we remove our focus from the breaking down of separation so that we can more clearly see the advanced flows of these waters of the air, knowing them to be evidence of what is to come and willing ourselves to be humble servants of these waters allowing them to flow through us as a group out into the world where they can cleanse and purify and will eventually become an implementing force of universality. So we'll work with the woman approach to the hierarchy. as we're used to doing in this time-honored ritual together. The keynote of this approach, he who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to the great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way, it loves his brother on the darkened path, revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark, and then the seven points of light within himself. Transmit the outward streaming light. And lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them, the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. Fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servers, mediating as one group 
between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet. The planetary heart the great ashram of Sanat Kamara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. We extend the line of light toward Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. A higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energy streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, Hierarchy, humanity, coming into alignment and interplay.
Meditation on the keynote for Aquarius. Water of life am I, poured forth for thirsty men. Precipitation. Visualize energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest and is manifesting. Use a six-fold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, 
a group of world servers, people of goodwill everywhere in the world, physical centers of distribution. Lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. And together as a group, sound the affirmation. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala flowing through the hierarchy, streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. And consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the entire human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, friends. The full moon, the Aquarius full moon, will be at its peak tomorrow on Thursday at 12.54 p.m., just six minutes to one. So for those of us in these sorts of time zones, that's a very convenient time to be working in silence. The next meeting, the next meeting to come is the, is a, the World Goodwill webinar on the last Wednesday, the last Wednesday of this month. This will be followed by the Newman Meditation broadcast, which will be on Friday, February the 9th at 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight. It's a broadcast and all the masses can come into this room here. And so we look forward to seeing you here as well. And then the next full moon, Pisces, um, the meeting on Friday, February the 23rd, and the full moon occurs on the 24th at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard. So thank you, friends. Hold the point of tension and may the work go forward. Thank you.